We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. Indeed, those were the scenes of frenetic final quarter. The Western Bulldogs breaking a 62-year drought and a man that kicked three goals on that day and in the prelim kicked four, if you don't mind, had a big hand in that run to the ultimate glory in 2016. Tory Dixon's been good enough to jump on the line with us to go down memory lane. Hello, mate. Uh, hello, are we? Thanks for having me. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, do the hairs still stand on the back of the neck when uh, when yeah. you hear that? Yeah, I was, I was literally just going to open with that. It sort of gave me goosebumps sort of listening to the commentary there and the song after the game. It's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a down memory lane there. And, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely goosebumps there. <laughs> so, Tori, that year, I mean, it, it lives on in um, footy folklore because of where you finished the regular season and then where you finished at the end of the season. Take us back to, I suppose, the run into finals to get there, but then that incredible four weeks that will live on in history as as some of the best football seen by a team that no one really gave a serious chance to. What are your recollections of of that time? Yeah, uh, I've I've actually had a couple of... other interviews so I've sort of um, been able to sort of relive the moments and sort of go go through it all and uh, exa- exactly right it's very similar to this year I, I know in our last game we lost to Fremantle in 2016 and uh, over in Perth and, and then obviously had the week off and um, and then you obviously had to go back over to, to Perth and we had absolutely no chance on anyone's cards that we were going to win and uh, we probably just went over there with the, the mentality of you know why can't it be us and um, we were we were the underdog and, and let's ha- let's have a crack at this and and yeah that the, the rest is history. We played an unbelievable brand of football the whole month and and it all it all started from there. So yeah, amazing times. So when when you have a look back at at um, as you mentioned that that back half of the year. So after you buy, you win three yep. in a row. Um, then you lose a couple in a row, St Kilda, Geelong, and then a three game run against North Collingwood, Essendon, and then you talked about Fremantle. So you're 20 points down, but you've managed to get your spot in the eight. And you speak about that, why not us? Was that the overriding theme from Bevo coming into finals? Or was there something else that he put up on the whiteboard and said, this is what we're all about at the moment? But putting me on the spot here, I'm pretty sure that was it. It was basically a why can't this be asked with, you know, um, we've had a bit of heartbreak over the years with a, a few lost prelims and, um, basically, that was the question to us: Why, why can't it be us? And you know, all all the all the blokes, all the boys embraced it, and uh, yeah, took it upon themselves, and you know, galvanised each other, and got us you know, up and about, and we got a few injuries back. I think um, leading into that first week of the finals, and yeah, I guess the next four weeks was just momentum, and 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 that's really all you need to do in finals is play four good games. Preferably, you want to play three. You know, three wins and be in the top four, but uh, anyone anyone can win it from anywhere. And I know the history says that they can't, but that's how you know an AFL player sort of goes into a final series, thinking, "Why can't it be us?" So that's that's the mentality we went in with, and and yeah, we played some great football. 
You certainly did, but the whole time you were doing it, you you, you had the. I suppose the heartbreak of, and it became a bit of a theme as well at the time, and it's um, it's something that he still gets asked about to this day. But I've, I'd like to know from from your point of view, how was it for you guys going through what you were going through, and also realizing that one of the greatest sons of the West, three hundred gamer, your captain, um, you know, one of the most loved Bulldogs, wasn't able to be out on the field with you in, in Bob Murphy. Yeah, it's, it's it's obviously heartbreaking, and it's just one of those terrible football stories uh, of, of bad timing. And um, he was with us the whole way, and you know he held himself um, amazingly the whole time. Um, the support and you know the leadership that he was still giving uh, off field was was you know got us through. And um, you know it wasn't just the 22 that played that day; it was you know the whole the whole playing group and the the unlucky guys that missed out that day and the injuries and. Um, the ones that were right, right borderline that just missed a spot. Like you know, everyone. I know there's only 22 medals, but it's a, it was a team effort, and and that's and that's exactly how it will look like this year. It's everyone. You know, I think there's only a couple of players that haven't played this year and they've used the whole list. And um, yeah, that, that's prob- that's probably that's probably it in a nutshell, really. So when obviously, like it's all well and good to have a theme. Why not us? And I'm sure that you guys did buy into it early. But when did it really, to you, when did you really start to go, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, we we might be doing something, something might be happening here. Yeah, it, I, you try and think about it and every game had their moments. Now, the game against West Coast, uh, West Coast were in amazing form mm. and um, we've gone over there after a loss, uh, travelling up, you know, two weeks, gone to Perth. Etc. And we played some amazing football against a really good side. Um, I feel like after that win, and after that, you know, it was a, a, a very good win. Um, I think we believe, like, like you know, you, you believe from the start. But once we put it all into practice and you know finished the game off like we did, I think everyone sort of just continued the momentum off that game, and and it just kept on getting better and better and the chemistry between all the boys and the lads was just, um, yeah, something different that final series. And, and it obviously just flowed on into game after game. So, and that's the run. We, I mean, it's, it's good to relive the run because you got to, we got to put into context just how impressive it was. West Coast that year just missed top four on percentage. So you knock them off and not just knock them off, but you, you knock them off convincingly. Uh, 99 to 52 in the end. You then come up against a Hawthorne side that's looking to do what, what no team in the modern era had done, and that's win four grand finals in a row and trying to get into their fifth grand final in a row. So it's a dynasty team, and you guys are the, are the team that hasn't been in a premiership since 61 um, and hasn't won one for 62 years. That game, I remember, and I'm a Hawks man, I, I, it, you, you guys were just so fast and, and so fierce, and, and Hawthorne just looked a step behind what was the the thinking coming into to that game, knowing that you're coming up against the greatest team of the last four years and the greatest team of the modern era? Yeah, you, you never go into a game confident that you're going to um, blow a team out of the water or be too good. But uh, to be honest, that was probably our most confident game that we felt, you know, the best against. Like, yep. um, you know, that obviously won the last three. Um, we felt we felt we were we were gaining momentum. We were a quick side, and if we played to the the best of our ability, um, 
we, we felt like we were going to be too quick for them. And we, I think we had a bit of a shaky start. Well, I definitely had a shaky start. I think I missed a couple couple of goals that I would usually usually kick. And um, yeah, it was tight. It was tight for the whole first half. And and then obviously we got we got the upper hand in the second half and and went away with it. So. That was that was that was experience and a half, obviously on the MCG against the three-time reigning premiership um, team. It was yeah, that was and obviously I used to go for Hawthorne, so that was a, another experience in itself too. <laughs> so you, that's a t- and Hawthorne had beaten you earlier in the year by three points, and then the next week, uh, and actually before I get to that, let me ask you: Did you guys feel? Like at the time, did you get a sense being out there? It might be a bit esoterical this question, but did you guys get the sense of the fact that, geez, not only have we just won a game and we're through to a prelim, but we might have just ended one of the greatest eras and the greatest era of, of the modern era. Yeah, it's a tough one to sort of answer. I wouldn't say I'd go that far in thinking yep. thinking that it's you're probably in the moment at the time, and you probably um, we just beat uh, yeah an amazing team that yeah will go down in history and. Uh, you probably look back now and you, you can look at it like that. But um, at that time, it was just another game. It was another opponent. It was they were in our way. Yep. Um, you know, why wasn't it us? It's, it's our turn. You've had your turn. Um, we're, we're marching on and we're going to play amazing football and beat you. That was probably the, the mentality where you went in with it. And, um, yeah, you, you know, like I said, you look back at it now and yes, but at the time you sort of just live in the moment. Um Let's talk about that prelim because it it lives on, and for many, it's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, prelim they've watched. Um, this was as exciting uh, and just unbelievable, exciting a game with an unbelievable finish, and le- the lead never got out to more than fourteen points. Um, what do you remember of that of that game? That at Giant Stadium, twenty thousand strong, you. You walk out and, or they walk out and get booed at their home ground. But then, what do you remember of the actual game itself, Tori? I remember a lot of different parts of that that day, that game. Um, obviously, as you mentioned, the booing of the of the home side, um, the electricity, um, and how loud it was when we did run out there, and just being able to soak up the atmosphere, even though it was uh, guessing here, but like ten thousand people or something. It wasn't wasn't too many people at all. So just to soak up how loud it did sound was amazing. Um, I remember moments. I obviously had a job on Heath Shore that that night, and um, yeah, as soon as I'd sort of dealt with the electricity and soaking up the atmosphere on the outside, it was almost switch on and focus. And uh, I, I think I started a little bit um, nervously. I think he got a couple early touches, but I had a job to do that night, and you know that was one of the major reasons why. You know, to stop his influence in breaking the lines and getting it forward for them, um, I just try to, to do my job and help the team. And, and it all paid off in the end, kicking a few goals on him and um, probably hurting him the other way. But I remember Eastern Woods' mark on the wing. Uh, that was that was something in itself. I think he jumped a little bit too early. It might have been on Lockie Whitfield. Um, what else do I... I remember going two goals down in the last quarter and thinking... One more, and we might be really in trouble here. So, uh, and I remember, yeah. And I also remember String coming down, saying, "Oh, oh making sure, please kick me the ball here. We've got this game if we can get a mark here." So there's just a few little moments that, uh, yeah, I remember quite, quite clearly. Yeah, and and I'll get to that moment because it it's. I think that there's such a great story within that little story. But so they do kick the first two. They kicked. A, there was a rush behind to start the fourth quarter. 
then Toby Green goals uh, after Rory Lobbard gold, and they got those within the first three and a half minutes, and already four minutes in, um, and, and for the total game, the Giants had been leading centre bounce twelve to eight, and, and they'd kicked two goals from centre bounce as well. So the next one was always going to be crucial, um, and then you were able to get it behind. Um, sorry, the, the next one was always going to be crucial. And then you kick your fourth at the five-minute mark to, to stem the flow, just to stop um, that little mini run that they'd been on and bring the margin back uh, into single figures. Do you remember that moment? I do, I do. Um, I think it was Keith, uh, Matthew Boyd, kicked the ball just to my advantage out the back and lent on it. might have been, oh, uh, he plays somewhere else now. <laughs> One of those players and, yeah, ran into the open goal kind of thing. So, yeah, and no, I do remember that. And uh, Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Matty Boyd was uh, massive that game. I think he had 700 and something metres and uh, went at about 83%. So you are getting good service. JJ then kicks it behind. And then Jack kicked another behind. And it wasn't until Bont um, kicked his goal that you were able to get a bit of a run on. Um, and it seemed after that, that that the Giants were the ones that were starting to feel the pressure a lot more than you guys. And then Jack was able to get the go-ahead goal. Did did it seem to you, and, and it, I always found it funny that you guys, for me, had more pressure on you than anyone because you, you're dealing with the weight of history in a drought of 62 years. They're a fledgling club just trying to start their own journey. So they really had, I've always felt that they had a lot more, they had really nothing to lose, whereas you guys had all that expectation. But it seemed in reverse in that last quarter. Did you feel that change in the tension of the game? Yeah, no, I did. It was, it, as a player, you don't, you know, I know old players are, uh, and people will talk about, oh, you know, we never get over that hurdle or that prelim on some really upsetting defeats over the over you know a period of time and um yeah to obviously find finally get through to that little you know the grand final that we've been hoping to get through for a long for a long time was yeah it was it was lovely but yeah it, it did change obviously I, th- I can't remember I think it might have been Boyd he just kicked it into the middle of the ground and mm. JJ came steaming through and and obviously Bont finished off the great work and 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 then the, the momentum obviously changed from there and um I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a uh, Zane Cordy or maybe Caleb Daniel got one of those, the next ones that put us up a couple. And uh, yeah, it, it meant it obviously was just a, an absolute dogfight after that to, to try and stay in front. So yeah, it's, it's, it is it is hard to remember. And like I said, you yeah, sort of bring back bring back really nice memories here. And it's, it's, it's nice to talk about it. Before we get to grand final day, um, a lot of people forget that you actually kicked a point, uh, hit the post after the siren, after Jake Stringer, I thought, made one of the smartest footy decisions I've seen, and that was with just under 30 seconds left. Instead of having the shot for goal, running into it in the right forward pocket, whether he could have kicked a point or a goal, but they, but you would have given possession back, he actually squares it up to you and you can run the clock. It, it, it was a really smart decision, and you have the ball in your hand when the siren goes to know that you're into the first grand final for the Dogs since 61. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was amazing. The ball bounced nicely. I think it was for Tom Boyd, and obviously got given the hands to to string. And uh, yeah, as a as a forward um, in a different game, you might um, be allowed to have a shot uh, running into a <laughs> wouldn't say open goal, but on the boundary. Um, but yeah, he did an amazing choice decision there, and um, it wasn't a risky kick whatsoever. I had no one near me, and I think it might have been Lockie Hunter that sort of drew the the GWS player away 
which even opened up even more space for me. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. I think I went back and had uh, Matthew Boyd calling for it um, just left of me and um, <laughs> yes. thought that was quite pointless to kick it, kick it to him, <laughs> uh, which would have been further out on an angle. So I remember walking in and uh, sort of smiling as the, the siren went and uh, yeah, I was pretty dirty with myself that I missed it after I sort of <laughs> probably relaxed and uh, just, yeah, different kind of emotions. But, yeah, unbelievable feeling when uh, that siren went. We finished with four on a day that you were supposed to be tagging, so I think you can be pretty happy with your day's work. But the next week after as well, the same sort of thing. Despite you guys having the weight of history and expectation from a starved fan base, it always felt like Sydney were under far more pressure than you, given the A-grade list that they had, Buddy Franklin, of course, and the big move from the Hawks, and they'd, they hadn't been able to get the job done in 2014, and they, they're back there again with a point to prove. It seemed that there was far more pressure on the Swans than there was on you guys. And I've heard Bob Murphy even talk about, and I think Clay, um, and I did a thing with, with Clay O'Donoghue-Smith and uh, Tom Boyd where, you know, talk, telling stories about some blokes forgetting their boots and socks and uh, getting there too early to the ground so they're sitting out with the fans as they were coming into the stadium. The pressure didn't really seem from the inside to be felt by you guys leading in. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't say so. Um oh. It was. I think we we all soaked it up. Like that week leading in was just one of the best days of my life. Like that week leading in was amazing. It was obviously the supporters out in the west. I live I live out in Spotswood, and um, just going for a coffee or lunch. Um, the amount of support that we got, um, you know, was just incredible. And and it was really an eye opener to see just how much emotion that you know all the all, all the supporters showed, and you know how happy they were to sort of see us get to where we are. And um, basically, anyone that spoke to, spoke to us was, you know, however you go, we're proud and you've done a great job. And um, and so, you know, I think we went in it with a still that mentality of where, you know, still why can't it be us? And and we were the underdog, and um, you know, we we're playing some amazing football, and we had uh, the opportunity to win a premiership, and we weren't gonna we weren't gonna let it go. So, what do you remember of the day itself? What are the things that stand out to you in front of ninety nine thousand nine hundred eighty one? Uh, it, to be honest, the, the grand final is more of a blur than almost any of the other games. I, I remember the crowd number. Uh, <laughs> I remember seeing that picture up there, looking up there. Um, that was just an amazing sort of, you know, to see that number and just know that you're, you're the, you know, the focus is on you. Um, they're all watching you, trying to win a premiership here. That was one amazing thing. Um, uh, my family and everyone obviously going, that was another just amazing thing, having everyone be able to come watch you in a grand final, win or lose, that was that was still amazing. Um, I remember I remember in the last quarter, Pico running into the goal and and I think like you, you replayed just before talking to me, um, you know, the the Dan wall is broken and that was probably yep, that was probably when I knew that we'd won it. And that's probably something that stands out in my in my my mind and how, how good that sort of that moment was. Um, and there's little bits and pieces like, it, you know, a couple of the tackle and, yeah, the odd goal or two, but uh, it's just probably those moments. That, and also seeing the supporters crying and just the emotion in everyone's faces and, you know, hugging everyone after. It's just little bits and pieces about the day that, yeah, they do come back and it's and it's nice to relive, but <laughs> it's, it's probably the blur out of all the games, as I, as I said. Was the drought ever used by Bevo as part of the, the motivation? Was it something that you guys tapped into or did you deliberately leave it aside? Um, oh, 
I, I think we're left to the side a fair bit. You don't really want to talk about past history. You, you, mm. you do go back at past history and about you know how close people have got or te- we've, we've got in the past, but it's not something you sort of I thought we brought up and um, and tried to to go off. Um, you know, Bevo's got his different way of going about things, and and you know it was basically what I've what I've been saying. Why can't it be us? And and the rest is just you know um, bouncing off en- off each other's energy, and and that's and that's basically it. You know, we had a really tight knit group, and um, it just looks at even off this year how tight they are. And obviously only retiring last year, I know there's just an absolute legend legend blokes there, and they all get along really well. And uh, yeah, it's, it, they've been fantastic to watch this year, and it's yeah, very, very much like 2016. So, what would it mean, uh, do you think, for for them to get the job done next week? Um, how how big is it? Uh, how confident are you? What are you hoping? What are you expecting? Uh, yeah, I'm expecting a very close game. I think the teams match up very, very evenly. Um, both got amazing midfields and and probably going to come down to who gets the upper hand there obviously we've we've beaten them and they've beaten us um this year um they're probably the ones with nothing to lose going into it where you know the the ones that are sitting on the line support are uh, probably in melbourne's uh melbourne side given that they're they've had a bigger drought than us so um i feel like you we're going to be the underdog everyone's going to kind of be wanting them to win but it's going to be a really good game and um, it's yeah, it's a bit upsetting that it's got to be over there. I'd love to love to go. To love to take my son. Um, it's been amazing to watch this whole this whole you know this whole final series. And like I said, it's much like 2016. They've they've had that many COVID tests, and uh, they've gone from Tassie to to Brisbane to Adelaide to Perth to you know just all over all over the country, and um, haven't had it their own way. And um, they're not with their family, and um, they're only basically going off each other's energy. And but that's all you need. And there's only one more to go, and uh, hopefully the boys can can get the job done. I remember Tom Boyd telling me last week that uh, when we we're doing a little show together, and he said uh, in his footy career that that was a time for for four weeks, maybe a little bit longer, where a group of guys just all did everything they could for the guy standing next to them and you you completely played for the people around you and and no one cared about what their own personal you know situation was but it was he's never seen a group playing completely for each other as he did then and it looks like they're doing it this year Tory so it'll be fascinating to see how they do it maybe there's a dynasty coming for the dogs a little bit like Hawthorne had to wait from 08 to to 2013 to to get another premiership uh, with a group that promised so much and there's a lot of guys still from the 2016 flag mate so I know you're very close to them and I know you'll be cheering hard from the lounge room thanks so much for going down memory lane with us it's greatly appreciated no no worries at all guys thanks for having me Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.